0: I guess that's how we'll open it. <laughs> this is are, like, Opinions barked. Are Cheap. And, um... Oh boy, what were we... What were we just talking about?
1: Um, how unprepared we are for this podcast. I'm Cameron. And I'm unprepared.
0: Wh- no, I'm, what? Ch- I'm Chad. I was, I was trying to make a joke. What? This is no time to joke.
2: I feel
1: like it is always the time to joke.
0: You picked the subject this week and I the did. subject is comedy. Yes. We can't afford to joke or it'll confuse everybody. 911. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: 11 Oh, fuck <my> are <laughs> <audience> you clipping? <laughs> I can't stop crying, my eyes. Oh, man, (laughs) I don't think it's even that funny. (laughs) <laughs> you okay <laughs> no it hurts
0: <clears throat> but seriously <clears throat> oh the topic is comedy it is um, but specifically something that you noticed did you want to uh, introduce what we're talking about sure so I, it, it it
1: weirds me a little bit that Rick and Morty, which is a very dark comedy, and a lot of the punchlines are "God doesn't exist" and "life doesn't mean anything," is is popular as it is, because that feels like a very kind of niche comedy. It feels like a very like it feels like a philosophy that is not something that would become popular. And it made me think that I think dark comedy is becoming more mainstream than it used to be. Not to say that it you know it's been around for a really long time, but just the fact that. Like a show like Rick and Morty can have this giant fan base, and it can air on Adult Swim, kind of early in the night instead of like at twelve, and do really well viewer wise. Like, I find that really strange that we as a society have hit a place where this is cool, like this is fine. This is the these are the jokes we want to hear because coping or something. And I don't know how if I have a whole lot more to say. I just I I it, it just weirds me out that we're. At that
0: place. And I say this as someone that likes Rick and Morty a lot. I just went to Target. And they have all these, like, Stranger Things, you know, all this garbage on the shelf. Mm-hmm. And they have a an official Stranger Things Ego card game. Okay. I, I just... I'm sorry, right next to it was the Rick and Morty stuff, and it just got me, like, I'm frustrated with... I, I don't want to sound hipstery, but I really hate mainstream stuff right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's tiring. <laughs> <clears throat> but no, you're right. It, for some reason, Rick and Morty shouldn't connect with as many people as it does. Yeah. Um. It has a place. It just I don't know why the place is Target. Yeah, I mean, like I, I was at my my CD store had a bunch
1: of Rick and Morty toys as well, and I was looking at them, and it's like. Yeah, no, I'm not destructive and self-destructive enough to want to buy this. But it's weird that it's here, like next to all the the shitty anime and Batman toys, because it's also a comic book store.
2: Yeah, but well,
0: and there's other stuff though, right? <clears throat> Ugh, besides uh besides Rick and Morty, I feel like a lot of stand-up comedians right now. The more successful ones are the especially self-deprecating ones yeah like louis ck he's just terrific he's he's amazing but holy shit does he hate himself he well he hates everything i mean i i love the one joke he tells where like just you can take it out of context where somebody can say "Uh, but maybe something good will happen it's like why would anything good ever happen and everyone then you know goes crazy and they clap and they applaud yeah i love his latest uh netflix special he walks out and just brings up abortion
2: <laughs> and the
0: audience goes wild. I, it, it's weird because I, I guess I really got
1: into comedy in like high school. <laughs> and so part of that was, well, the big comedians around then were Dane Cook and Daniel Tosh. And then I was going to 4 And so a lot of Mike, the things that shaped my, I guess, comedic mind were like, were that stuff, which is why if something's really offensive, I can find that really funny. Just on basis of its shock value. And it's not really funny, it's just... I don't know why it is that it it
0: tickles my fancy kind of thing. Well, this is something I noticed. um, There's different kinds of shock value when it comes to humor. And there's black comedy, and there's blue comedy. Yeah. And I feel like blue comedy has been around just as long as black comedy. But it's getting to the point where... The shock value of blue comedy used to be kind of taboo subjects that now people are a lot more open about. Yeah. And I wonder if black comedy is filling in for that role of shock value. Because it used to be a shock to swear or to bring up sex. Yeah. And now it's kind of common vernacular. So now we have to joke about abortion and racism.
1: Yeah, it's like that, like, (laughs) the word fuck isn't offensive anymore because I hear it so many times a day. So now you have to say the word cunt. Because that's still one of the ones where people don't want to hear that word. Like, yeah, I actually had that today. It's like the last bastion of swearing, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I don't know where to go next. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's.
1: I think that God, what you said is really probably on the money, though. Just 15 years ago, how sex wasn't a thing people really talked about, and now it's <clears throat> you know two and a half men, every joke in that sitcom was about charlie fucking someone well that you was know? pretty much the premise of
0: the show yeah I mean...
1: it, it just it gets it gets so and i don't so you have to wonder if that's a good or bad thing because i mean sex is it's a it's a normal part of people's lives i don't it shouldn't be taboo maybe like it, it's a normal function for functioning adults except for me because i'm not a functioning adult
0: well i don't know i think it should be a little more uh not necessarily taboo, but it should be held with more reverence and people are maybe a little casual more than they should be. But that's another topic. Um, yeah. Specifically talking about dark humor. Um, I did a little bit of research and I found that in French it's called humor and noir. I like that. And that's just literally the word dark humor. Um, but, 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 uh, <clears throat> but how they define it is, what did I write? This is so sloppy. Mm, 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 mm. To make light of serious or taboo subjects. And I, I was thinking about it, and when I think of dark humor, I tend to think about, like, suicide jokes. Yeah. And I I think that I've gotten too casual with suicide jokes, where I don't treat suicide as a taboo or serious subject anymore.
2: Okay. Makes and that's sense. wrong.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know? But then I'm really flippant about it. <clears throat> oh, man. that Dude, your 9-11 joke. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, like, still coughing up stuff. <laughs> it <was> so funny. <laughs> All these it... people died. <laughs> and, uh, Fuck. So I feel really bad weird. to laughing at that. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I think good black comedy makes you feel bad after the fact. Yeah. And I feel like there needs to be a second uh qualifier for <laughs> like what are some jokes where it's like uh haha, that's a suicide joke, and then haha, oh man, I wish I didn't laugh, but I can't stop. There should right. be a line somewhere.
1: And you know, to to take it back to Rick and Morty, I don't think I ever have that feeling with Rick and Morty. I've never I never feel bad that I laugh at any of the humor, even though like this last season, like it was a running joke for kids to die. Like either be shot or stabbed or, you know, whatever. Like, it was, like, every other episode, a child died. And I would laugh at it because it was just so over-the-top absurd. But I wouldn't have that feeling, like, I probably shouldn't have laughed at that. It would just... It never, like, crossed my mind until, like, after the fact, where I was like, God, this show's really dark this season. Like, extra special dark.
0: And, you know, context is a big thing because... I mean, have you ever thought about how many people you've killed in video games? Man, when I... We, I a little
1: bit. Like when I used to play Gears of War and um, in Gears of War 2 there's a section where you you, uh, you can snipe the people and then if you if you get headshots over and over Marcus starts saying like that's one that's two yeah three motherfuckers or something like that and, and it's like oh that's funny Marcus is all about the gung ho. But then it's just like what if that dude had a family I just killed? Like 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 what if he goes back to the hive when he's done and he hangs up his gun and he takes off his pants and he's wearing uh, Spongebob underwear and he's like hey honey I'm home. Then I feel bad. Like, what, what, what if, what if we, what if we could just talk things out,
0: dude? My favorite Call of Duty was World at War, which I think was the fifth one. And uh, did did you ever play that? Nope. It's a World War Two edition, and I got it because they got Kiefer Sutherland to do the voice of the American team. So, like, he, it's like Jack Bauer yelling at you to grab the objective, and it's like, go get on base C! And it's like, okay, I will! Because he's good at yelling. So I thought, well, this will be fun. And I didn't expect much from the campaign, but the, the, the Call of Duty games tend to have, like, two sides to the story. And there was the U.S. side, but then there was also the Russians pushing into Germany. Okay. And I remember the Russian side actually made my brother uncomfortable. Because each uh, you, you play this one character, but then his squadmate was the one narrating it. And each loading screen for that Russian level, um, it was talking about how inspiring this Russian soldier was and how uh, good their cause was and how true their you know marching was. And it was so like hyper patriotic about how good Russia is. That it didn't seem to pay a lot of heed to all the Germans they were killing. Huh. And it got to the point where my brother didn't want to finish it. Like the last level of the game is another Russia level. And he's like, "Now nah, just stop here. But what's weird is that final level actually has a really different shift in tone. Where the same narrator, instead of like the exciting like war march kind of thing. Where he's trying to hype you up for the next mission. It's this like remorseful uh, sound of regret that the whole thing was pointless. Oh, wow. And the whole thing, even though the war was over and they ended it, you have to wonder at what cost. And sure. the, the level ends with your character pretty much being shot on the roof of the Capitol building, and with your last breath, you knock over the Nazi flag and, and put up the, the Russian one, and then you just die. And it has this somber kind of, uh, yeah, we want to celebrate this war hero, but also, like, he never got to go home. yeah. Um, it's kind of, the old Call
1: of Duty games, I guess, maybe the new ones too, as much shit as like those games get for being like the bro shooter, it seems like they had some pretty good narrative stuff sprinkled in.
0: They can. I mean, you can get the Snoop Dogg DLC. Yeah. (laughs) And it's fun. And it is a good bro shooter. I I think people give it, you know, a bad rap because of that, but also it's good at what it does. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are moments where it makes you wonder, like, is this what we really want? Is this, you know, something to be celebrated? And once in a while, it makes you think twice about, you know, someone's life ending. And that's difficult to do in a game where you kill like 500 people a level.
1: Yeah, it's always like the weird thing about about video games is the the gameplay with the story. Because like, if you look at like Uncharted, like Nathan Drake's The Fun Adventure. But then you kill, like, a thousand people between, you know, the beginning and the ending of that game.
0: Oh, but, shoot, my whole point, though, was (laughs) context when you kill somebody. Yeah. Because I think with some of these games, it's really easy to mow down 50 people and not feel a thing. And sometimes it's easy to even kill your own character. Like, it's kind of funny to just run off a, a cliff and watch them ragdoll and roll down, you know.
1: My brother used to do that a lot in Mirror's Edge. Like, if you ran off a cliff and, like, did some about face ability, you'd just, like, fall and look up. And for some reason, that was, like, really funny. And so he just, like, if he, had, if he was done playing, he'd just, like, leap off of buildings.
0: Did you ever play Super Hot? I did not. Uh, do you know the game? I.
1: Yeah, that's the one where it. it bullets move when you move or something?
0: <clears throat> yeah, like, it's kind of like the Matrix where if you stop moving, then everything else stops moving, so it gives you time to think about it. And mm-hmm. there's a VR version, and that is so much fun, because you're, like, you're punching guys in the face, and you knock the gun out of the hand, and you grab the gun mid-air, and then cap, like, three people, and then throw the empty gun at the fifth guy. And it's, uh, it's exciting when you're in that first-person thing, and you're doing the VR stuff, but each level, uh, you have to kill yourself. Oh, wow. And, It's like the mission's over, so you have to, like, clear all the evidence out. So it's like, uh, you know, just take this gun and you just have to end it. And it's weird the first time you point a gun at yourself and pull the trigger. Even though it's kind of cartoony, the context, like, builds up because you have all this adrenaline from, like, fighting off 20 guys and, like, and getting the spy material or whatever. And then it's like, now you have to shoot yourself. And you always kind of, the first time you really second guess, like, wait, is that it or is this a test? Yeah, I can see that being really fucking hardcore in VR. The best one, though, um, one mission you have to end it by walking out of a building that you're, like, 20 stories up. Oh, jeez. And so it's weird is that it says, uh, like, exit or something. And I literally, <laughs> like, I, I looked down, and I could see down, and I literally got this, like, dizzying height feeling that I normally don't experience. And then I leaned forward and when I leaned forward, my body came into field of a. I had a fan running, so I felt a breeze. Oh wow! And it felt a little too real for a split second, where it's like, okay, what do I? I don't know if I want to do this. Um, and it's like I've never cared about falling in a video game before, but as soon as you have the context of you know you being there, yeah, it it suddenly it feels different.
1: There are um in games, if, like, really tall heights in games can kind of get to me. Like, in Dark Souls, there's a, there's a couple of, of bosses where you gotta drop down into, like, a pool of water to fight them. And the drop is really far. And I'm usually just kind of like, ugh, because it's, it's... Do
0: you I don't feel know. it in your legs? Like, yeah, you're bracing just, to like, like, land?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, really uncomfortable to do. I'm definitely not a fan of heights, and so that's part of it. But, you know, like, little, like, yeah, you drop, like, 20 or 30 feet, it's, like, whatever, it's a video game. But when you're dropping, like, 200, and, like, you're still falling, and you're like, holy shit, I'm still falling.
0: <laughs> I hate, um, they do that in Final Fantasy XIV. There is fall damage, like, pretty much any other MMO. Mm-hmm. But you can never fall enough to die. Like, I think there's a threshold where it always leaves you with one hit point left. Okay. But you still, like, you get all this damage. And it makes like an owl that hurt sound when you do it. And it gets me every single time I walk off the cliff by accident. It's like I'm just bracing for it. Because it's like I almost wish I would die instead of like landing in agony. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a little weird.
1: It's weird. I remember when I used to play World of Warcraft. There's a a silly thing I tried to do at one point. Where you fly up real high as a druid. And then you shift into bear form. And then right before you hit the ground you charge at something. Oh, yeah. And it yeah, will prevent you from dying. Yeah. And so I was I was practicing that one day and, and you know, fucking up a lot and I just splat against the ground. People were like, What the fuck are you doing? And it's like, I don't know, but this doesn't bother me for some reason. This and maybe it's just because I have like complete control over it and it's the game's so cartoony that who gives a shit? But there there Man, are definitely uh, games where it,
0: it gets to me. They put in a new rogue ability, if you're subtlety rogue. Where you just don't take fall damage anymore. Oh, that's subtle. And what's fun is uh, I was <laughs> I was dueling somebody. Like a paladin showed up and just wanted to fight me. And they had full PvP gear. And they, you know, how paladins have like shields and heals mm-hmm. and everything. So it's like, okay, yeah, whatever, I'm bored. So I try to hit them and I literally can't do damage to them. Sure. And they got my health down to like 10%. And so I did like a real quick potion to heal up. And then I just jumped off the side because we were up high. And it was really far down. So I jumped, and then he went over to chase me. So it went all the way down, and he actually activated his shield so he doesn't take damage, and it expired before he landed. Oh, wow. And so he landed and splatted, like, right next to me, and so I just sat on his skeleton and, like, <laughs> you know, ate food to recoup. Awesome. Yeah, it was kind of funny. I don't know what it
1: is. I remember when I play that. Every, I was, it's, like, only rogues ever wanted to duel me. Since I was a bear druid, I'd be like, fine, I'd put all my tanking gear on. Like, you're going to kill me, but I'm going to make you
0: take a while. Yeah, I don't know why, but it's like, rogue is a PvP class. Yeah. And I think that comes from the ability to stealth in the world, so you can get an unfair jump on people. Stealth is amazing. But when you're in a fair fight, rogues aren't the best at anything. So I don't know why it still persists that way. That's funny that that part of the game hasn't changed, because
1: I haven't played in a really long time.
0: Yeah, it's funny how accurate that all is. Are hunters still stupid? Oh man, they're even worse. Yay! I, oh. All <laughs> each Each spec has an ability to just accidentally do AoE and pull everything in the room that you can't turn off. I like it. So even if you know what you're doing and you're very careful, you're going to accidentally pull the whole room. It's like they designed the class on purpose to annoy people. You know,
1: that reminds me of, so the video game of me and my brother are making, and it's like, we need to come up with all this stuff. There's one thing he will not have in it, and that's like chance to proc stuff. So it's like you have a five percent chance for this to happen, or every four swings this happens.
0: Oh, I love those.
1: He he does not like that in video games, and he's just like, I want this game to be the strategy in this game to be like what you lay is gonna do exactly what it's supposed to do every time. And so all of those ideas are like, it just wipes them all off the table. But I, I risk, well, I, I kind of like them because I used to play world warcraft, obviously. And it was a big part of that game. I do kind of respect not having them and then really needing to think outside the box with our mechanics on how to make things interesting.
0: Well, there's a time and a place for it. And yeah. really with a strategy game, I think you want something reliable. Yeah. Cause that's what keeps me away from XCOM. Like,
2: There's so many jokes
0: about how it's like 99% chance you'll hit, and you shoot three times, and then somehow you miss all three times, and then you lose, and the whole map is over. Yep. And it's just like, I don't want to experience that once.
1: It was, um, god, okay, so in our game we have, like, flying enemies, so if they get knocked off the stage, they, they don't die, they fly back on, but you have to get all their stamina down, so they become, like, endurance fights. Okay. And so, he's like, what if we had a ring where it turns you into a flying enemy? So now if you get knocked off you're fine but it, you have to like really pay attention to your stamina cuz that'll kill you. I was like holy shit. That's so much better than like hey what if this procs fire every four hits, you know?
0: Yes and no. I think uh I think a little of both is good.
1: Yeah, and we have a sword that like every time you do damage
0: it it, it does fire damage too. So you you
1: time your hits right, fire everywhere. Which is fun. mm
2: mm-hmm. Mhm.
0: We got way off track. What were we did. talking about? We were talking about comedy, and then oh, context. I context. think because um, you brought up Rick and Morty and how children keep dying. Yep. And it's like for children to die in Rick and Morty. I I mean, haven't like universes died? Yeah. I mean, there's kind of um, it, there's not a lot of gravity when so many people die in that show. Yeah, and the whole multiverse thing is, like, it never goes away. I
1: mean, Rick doesn't seem to give a shit if, like, his family dies. He's like, oh, I'll just go find another version of you. Yeah. But then again, that's so fucking dark and, like, sad. And it's just like, how is this, like, the the joke that everyone's laughing at and then you can go get a Funko Pop figure of Pickle Rick?
0: I think the joke, and really the darkness of the joke, comes from thinking about it more so. Sure like, a lot of the episodes aren't actually that dark unless you, like, really dwell on it.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: There was that one where, like, without any prompt, he just sort of walked into the garage and then tried to kill himself once. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, whoa, what? Typically that doesn't happen, and it kind of holds your hand to let all the dumb people think they're smart, but they're not woke like us. (laughs) There. It's a special show. It is special. It is what it is. I didn't watch this last season. Um I hate everyone. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. This last season was pretty good. I I re- there's some really good episodes to it. But like like one of the kid deaths, like they were at this like resort where like you couldn't die. Like that was the theme of the resort. And so there's weapons everywhere, people were shooting each other, haha. And then Jerry accidentally like breaks the thing, and so now people can die. Like there's like a battle going on. And so these two kids, like, the whole game, they're, like, shooting at each other with lasers, the whole show. And all of a sudden, one kid shoots the other one, and then she falls over, and blood goes everywhere, and she doesn't get back up. And they're, like, and then it just cuts away. And I laughed really hard at that. And then it's just, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, though. Yeah. And, and then it's, like, well, well you know, what? it's not my fault I'm laughing at this. It's, like, fucking parents should have brought their kids to this place. What kind of horrible parents are they? Like, oh, you just shoot each other with live bullets. I don't know.
0: I'm trying to think, are there any other shows at all like Rick and Morty? I guess people talk about BoJack Horseman a lot, but I haven't seen that yet. Oh, yeah. I think that's another one of those um, overhyped ones. Mm. How it's about on Young list. Sheldon? Does anyone die in Young Sheldon?
1: Oh, I keep meaning to try and watch an episode of that just out of
0: fucking morbid curiosity. Did, do you listen to the Penny Arcade podcast? No. So <laughs> I love I love the Pin Air Kid podcast because they go uh like behind the scenes a little bit what they do is they record their um their writing session when they try to plan out what the next comic will be Okay and it's it's kind of fun because their process is that the two of them talk about what they've been doing and as soon as one of them makes the other one laugh they'll go is there a comic in that? And then they'll start working on like how to fit what made them happy into three panels. Right. And it's cool. kind of fun to hear them like, work through that. But uh, this one show, they wanted to talk about the Star Trek Discovery thing and how it's on CBS All Access instead of TV. And the one guy refuses to sign up for CBS All Access. And the other guy says, no, man, you got to try it because Star Trek is so good. And while they were talking about it, um, the the guy that's opposed to supporting CBS said I'm not going to support um that Sheldon show. Huh. And and the other guy just kept going on. I was like, well, "Yeah, but you got to watch Star Trek and blah blah blah." He said, "No, I don't want to encourage the network that makes that Sheldon show." And the other guy said, "You're thinking of Big Bang Theory." And he said, "No, I mean the other Sheldon show." And there's just like pregnant pause and the silence was just palpable. And then he just like very quietly was like, "The what?" You don't know. Know what? Oh, ah, uh, look up, young Sheldon. No, Mm-hmm-hmm. and so they watch the trailer, and it's just silence while he's watching the trailer, and it's just him going like, "Oh no," he oh he narrates it.
2: Ooh. Oh, 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 oh.
0: And it was so funny to hear this, like genuine. You you could see the frustration and heartache that he was going through, knowing that a second big Big Bang Theory show was being made.
1: Hey, Cameron, I
0: have a question for
1: you. Yeah. Can you can you abort a pregnant pregnant pause? Yes. That was a dark joke, kind of. It sounds like this. <laughs> ah. Fuck. I'm looking at lists of Rick of of uh dark comedies. And it's kind of a weird list. Like, I don't consider most Quentin Tarantino movies dark
0: comedies, but then it's like, well, people die a lot and it's usually funny. <laughs> so maybe they are. It goes back to what you said earlier that dark comedy seems a lot more prevalent. And I think partially it's because our sensitivities are changing and what once constituted dark isn't necessarily dark for everyone. Yeah. You know what, let me, let me go through my notes. Did I read you my notes yet? You, you haven't yet. Let's, let's listen to these. Okay, I think this might be a bit every week, because I write terrible notes. Mm-hmm. These are the three things I wrote down. Ancient Greeks, Shakespeare, Christmas with the
1: Cranks. Oh, I get the Shakespeare one. There's a lot of kind of dark comedy in Shakespeare plays. Fucking King Lear is basically a dark comedy. It's, it, they all say it's a tragedy, but that, that fucking play is hilarious.
0: Honestly, I think Romeo and Juliet is a comedy, too. Yeah. It's kind of like, look at how stupid teenagers are. They really are. It's like, there's a there's a serious feud going on, and it's like, I know, uh, we're both horny, let's pretend that we killed our, ourselves. And even though we're both in on it, we're going to accidentally, accidentally really do it this time for real, because we're stupid.
1: Mm-hmm. I hate that High School Makes You Read Romeo and Juliet as the first Shakespeare play when it's like the worst one.
0: Well, it's the worst one, and then it's also uh, what's the word? It. I don't think. Um, I don't think you learn anything by reading it because it's used as a loose template for so many stories that it's not going to be new to anyone. Yeah. So, best case scenario, someone recognizes it as actual work and not just. Oh, is this that episode of SpongeBob where he was like that thing?
1: It's yeah. Like, yeah, that was
0: that one. <laughs> Was this that Simpsons one where he was like the thing? Yeah, that
1: one. It's like in a way, like Underworld's like a fucked up version of Romeo and Juliet because the vampire falls in love with a half werewolf, and neither side will allow that. You know, it's it's funny that that's such a basis for stuff, though. Like, like is is much as I don't like that play, the 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 core conflict is you know it's it's huge, it's spread, it's it's got a it's mimetic.
0: Well, there's something about it that is easy to relate to because I think everyone's been in a situation where they feel one way, but the world tells them to feel another way. Sure. So it's very easy to say, well, I'm in love and it's real love and it's not a phase mom. And so when you, you know, watch Romeo and Juliet or any of the knockoffs, it's kind of like this movie gets me. That's what I'm going through, man.
1: Yeah. Um, back to King Lear, though. Because King Lear, um, is about, basically, King Lear is going crazy. He's got, like, dementia or something. His family doesn't like him, and people want the throne, and all kinds of fun shit like that. And there's this scene where King Lear is talking to his jester, who is also talking to a uh, a homeless dude, or a guy that's pretending to be crazy that's in, in Homeless. And so it's, like, three crazy people having this conversation, but only one of them is actually crazy. The other two are pretending. And it's really funny and it's also really sad because here's this dude, his family doesn't like him, he's the king, no one seems to really respect him. Maybe I spend business read this, but it's just like he's literally losing his mind and he's he doesn't know what the fuck's going on and reality's all twisted and he doesn't know what's real. And then these like two people are playing along with him and it's almost like they're making fun of them of him. And it's it's just kinda mean spirited if you you know, step back and think about it.
0: No, it really is. And really, I think um, Shakespeare plays have a a tendency to tap into something that the audience didn't know they were experiencing. Yeah. And I think there's a little bit of a self-awareness that most of his plays involve looking at somebody and going, ha ha, look at that fool, without realizing how hypocritical someone in the audience is being. Yeah. Like, I think that's intended. I mean, it's they're... difficult to tell because they're so old. So the way we perceive words are even different.
1: Yeah, it's one of God, there. There's it's one. Of, I, I, it makes some words going away. Fuck, can't talk. They're literature for a reason, kind of thing.
0: <laughs> what was that? What was that one where there was a king, but like he, um, he died, and but then the prince found out that like his uncle was actually behind it the whole time. Hamlet. No, I'm pretty sure they got a Hamlet. No, The Lion King. That's my favorite. Mm,
2: mm, 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 mm,
1: mm. I like The Lion King.
0: I do because it's Hamlet.
1: Yeah, and people that, don't realize that, it's
0: it's a good play.
1: That 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 movie makes me all kinds of sad when I watch it. Simba has a goddamn existential breakdown, becomes a hippie. We're all supposed to be happy for him, and it's like look at that fucking hippie. Eating his bugs, smoking his
0: dope. (laughs) I I love. I love. I used to play the Genesis game. Oh, yeah. And it's not hard, except for the part where the wildebeest are running at you, because you don't get any, like, heads up of where they're going to be next. So it just feels like total luck if you're going to die or not. And I hated that level so much that when I watched the movie and Mufasa dies, it's kind of like, I hate this level. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. care. Mm-hmm. And then Simba's sad that his dad is dead. And it's like there's a dead animal on screen and his son's there like crying about it. And I'm like, get off the stage. <laughs> do, do the dance. I want the pig. Where's the pig at? And I throw my scotch at the That's waitress.
2: Mr. Pig.
0: I, man, I miss my childhood. One of these days we should talk about kids' movies.
2: I think we could have a conversation. Dude? Weren't we yeah, just talking about My Little
0: Pony five minutes ago? Were we? Oh, shoot. No, it was like, it was five minutes before oh, recording.
1: That's a thing we can talk about. Okay, so there's a, no longer ongoing, but um, an abridged series of, of My Little Pony called the Mentally Advanced Series. And it was basically, let's take this cute kid show, and it's like, what if every character was an asshole? <laughs> and then, you know, abridging it that way. And so, like, Twilight's like this neurotic drunk who hates everybody, and she's only doing all this friendship shit because Celestia is a tyrant and will torture and kill her if she doesn't do what Celestia says. And it's like the best version of Twilight, because I relate to her so much. <laughs> but it's also, like, really funny. And it's then, oddly
0: it's, true to the character, though.
1: It is like it, it's really pretty brilliant. Like Pinkie Pie, it's Pie's an like, interpretation, but yeah, um, Pinkie Pie is like this, like uh, almost like like a Russian spy. Like she's got like a kind of a Russian accent, and and she's really dark, and she maybe worships like Cthulhu, um, and she's trying to like undermine Celestia and all this stuff. And I was like, all these like really weird plot things that go like it's like i'm abridging this episode but also these characters are like wholly their own and it was great and i was really sad when he stopped
0: yeah, it sounds fun though
1: and then except for fluttershy who like he just like wrote her out as much as he could and like every time she had to talk he would be like just, just interrupt her because he didn't like fluttershy it's kind of funny
2: yeah yeah we sucks. could maybe
0: do a show on my little pony there's we probably a lot could. of stuff there I'm like way behind on it, though. Okay, uh, So uh, uh, let's let's go back to my notes. Okay, so I wrote down the ancient Greeks. Mm -hmm. And that's because uh, literary experts have traced uh, humor and noir all the way back to ancient Greek times. And like you pointed out, it's pretty much been around as long as we've had a humor at all. Yeah, because dark humor comes from crossing a line where you went too far. But I was thinking about like- it, and a a lot of, like, Greek myth has so much, like, irony in it. Yeah. Like, isn't that and what rape. Medusa is? Is just, like, she was the most beautiful human, and so a god was jealous of her and made her so ugly that if you see her, you turn to stone. And that's her life now. God, the
1: Greek gods were dicks.
0: Yeah, and that's, like, I wonder if these were, like, real religion, or if it was more, like our rick and morty where it's like man what if it was just like cosmic scale and the gods are just dicking with us
1: wasn't there like the one philosopher that was socrates that had to drink the poison wasn't he like why do we worship these gods they're horrible they're really not gods at all they're like you got to drink the poison for saying heresy <laughs> yeah and and he's probably like this is kind of funny this could be in an, uh, an episode of the ovid's metamorphosis
0: Well, it's kind of like when you say weeaboo, and you're like, can we stop paddling people when they say weeaboo? And then it's like, oh, somebody said it, and then they paddle them. Uh, I don't know if I get that reference. Oh, really? Okay, Sorry. You're supposed to paddle someone if they say weeaboo. Oh.
1: I always wanted to do an animated thing called the weeaboo police, where it's like this big jock dude with a baseball bat, and he just goes around and, like, kills people that have, uh... Like they're playing like Yu Gi Oh and, and doing all the anime stuff and like killing anime characters and he he's just, his car goes wee boo wee boo instead of like a, like, a, like a siren. <laughs> I like that. Like just going after like like Joey Wheeler and and Yu Gi while they're playing cards, they go no, yeah, we play football and just beating the shit out of him with a baseball bat.
0: Did you ever see season zero of Yu Gi Oh? No. It's so different. Is it? It's dark. Well, the, um, the manga was really
1: fucking dark.
0: Well, yeah, that's pretty much what Season Zero was more based on. And, it, like, there wasn't a card game. Like, they literally just played with a playing deck of, like, you know, Ace of Spades and everything. Oh. You can't turn that oh. into a multi-million dollar franchise. That's why they kind of rewrote it. <laughs> and <they laughs> made all the characters nice. Oh, man. So what was the other thing I wrote down? Um, oh, Christmas with the Cranks. yeah. You ever see that? I have not. So that was a Christmas movie a couple years ago, and there's nothing about it that's like fun or happy. Are they cranky? At all. No.
1: Oh, that's not the joke. Fuck. They're
0: very like neutral. Oh, that's boring. And mildly frustrated. And there's like a lot of negative jokes and downer moments. Like there'll be there'll be a part where they're working towards a joke because the neighbors are fighting and then his wife will come out and it's like the, uh, the cancer is back. And it's like, Oh no, are you okay? Like what can I do for you? It's like, I know I just have to go in for the treatment and I just don't know. It's like, why did it have to happen now? It's like, oh, I don't know. And then the scene will end. Jeez. And it's like, what? And there's a part where, uh, I, I don't know. Um, who was it? Tim Allen. Tim Allen's trying to hang up Christmas lights and like, he falls off the roof and he gets tangled up in him and he's like hanging upside down from a tree all wrapped up in Christmas lights. And I feel like that's supposed to be funny. And it's almost funny in a slapstick way. Because his wife pulls up and gets out of the car and it's like, what are you doing? And he's like literally hanging upside down, wrapped up. Like he couldn't have, act- he couldn't have purposefully done this to himself. Right. And his wife is like, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm, tr- I'm trying to hang myself jeez! Oh, like this angry, sarcastic response. And what was really weird is I had to picture the uh, screenwriter, or maybe the producer, reading the script, and he he got to the part where she said, "What are you doing?" And he said, "I'm trying to hang myself." And he just closed the script and said, "I think it's time we made this Christmas movie." <laughs> Because I don't know who this is for, and it's not a dark comedy. Like, it's really not built in a pessimistic way. But when you watch it, there's just this, like, constant sense of a downer that's really hard to place. And I feel like it's maybe because people are numb to dark comedy, and whoever wrote this didn't realize what they were really writing. Sure. And it came out just weird. They didn't, like, lean into it enough, maybe. They didn't lean into it, and they didn't lean out of it. Like, I feel like if it was paced different, or if it was maybe, like, the lions were delivered different, it could have been more charming and funny and goofy. Like, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's lighthearted, and a lot of bad stuff happens. Like, the cat blows up, and, like, somebody dies, and there's a this, and there's that, and the turkey gets ruined. And you kind of laugh the whole time. Right. And in Christmas with the Cranks, I felt like they're like, "Oh, we could do Christmas vacation," and they don't actually know what they're doing, and this is like their fan fiction that a high schooler wrote.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There was um a dark comedy that came out a handful of years ago called God Bless America. It's very a uh, hyper liberal movie about someone. He gets he gets diagnosed with uh, like a brain tumor. He doesn't have long to live. And so him and this like girl who's just a misanthrope, they grab some guns and they decide they're gonna kill all the things they don't like about America. And I remember watching that movie and like I think I laughed maybe three times the whole movie. And it's it was supposed to be a comedy. It was supposed to be a comedy, and like it was an enjoyable movie. I, I thought it was a very interesting kind of social commentary in a hyper way, but it wasn't funny. And, like you you'd see like this that was a joke but it wasn't a funny joke it was just kind of just some of the shock value thing um it was it was a really really weird movie and i remember south watching Park... it with a friend <laughs> i was like hey let's watch this comedy i haven't seen this yet and we're just like that wasn't we didn't laugh did we
0: <laughs> uh south park's a little better about it yeah i mean they don't always hit the mark but i feel like sometimes they'll have a dark subject matter and they handle it in a way that even if you're not laughing at the beginning, you end up laughing by the end.
1: Yeah, I like that they can like win an audience over like that.
0: It's pretty. But they cool. also prioritize the comedy part.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things. Like I remember, like Mr. Garrison is such a fucked up character, and like he's he's just offensive on like every level. Like every time he opens his mouth, something horrible comes out. And he's like one of my favorite goddamn characters in that show. It's it's just their their writing is great, but. It, how they can balance all of that stuff together, make there, that's another show that's, you know, 20 plus seasons in it's a household name. That's true. And it's nothing but, you know, there's, there's so much shock humor to it. And Carmen says the word fuck and that's funny. And and it always, you know, it always is. I'm not like demeaning South Park, but it's weird that it's one of those things that could somehow get into the mainstream and talk about all of these topics that could be considered taboo. And say all this horrible stuff about, you know, jokes about abortion and jokes about all of these things we don't normally joke about. And then it's like, oh, well, at South Park, of course they can do that.
0: Yeah, for some reason, they really get a pass. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because they earned it, but it's kind of like if you sit down to watch it, you know what you're going to watch. So it's on you to turn the channel if you don't like it.
2: Yeah,
1: and I, I think it's something like Drawn Together. Remember that show? Yeah, I remember it. Where that was, that was because that was on. Um, no, that was also on Comedy Central. That like that got like worse than South Park a lot of the time. Well, it and did, it only made and, it
0: three seasons. Yeah, and even the creators, uh, I think they've actually commented on in uh, interviews about it. They they purposefully wanted to just be offensive for the sake of being offensive, and make sure that they don't have a moral. Yep, like that South their, Park does. Their
1: movie was about that.
0: Yeah, and it's, like, the whole point is to just, like, let's just push it as far as we can and be edgy. And that's not enough to sustain something. Like, it's not necessarily bad inherently. But South Park's been around for how many years? And then Drawn to Life is kind of like, oh, yeah, that.
1: It's funny, though. Drawn toge- I love Drawn Together. I actually have the that on DVD. And I've, I've watched those DVDs quite a bit. It But they- it just comes back to what I said at the beginning. Like, some of that, like, really shocking, offensive humor... I don't know why I find some of that can be really funny if the context is right. Oh um,
0: yeah. That's key.
1: Yeah. And it, it, I don't know. Like, like the characters getting like trapped on a hot topic and then like butchered and killed so they can make hot, be turned into hot topic material. Like it's so fucking stupid, but it's funny. That's not even offensive. I'm trying to think of a really offensive joke from there that like, I wouldn't feel bad repeating. Because <laughs> they, they they didn't mind like, laying into racial stereotypes pretty hard.
0: Yeah, but I, it kind of comes back to the whole reason that we want to laugh is to relieve tension. Yeah. And one thing we have a lot of right now is tension.
1: I, I, we have very, I think, peculiar kind of tension. I mean, I go onto Facebook, and it's just like, if I'm not making the sky is falling posts, someone else is. You know everything's on fire. Everything is horrible. Life sucks. Why are, you know everything is terrible?
0: And so to well, find you know a- what this isn't, um, this isn't something we talked about on the show. But I've noticed that I keep bringing up to you, um, loot boxes in video games. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason that I'm so upset that people are upset about loot boxes is because there's a. There's a certain lack of perspective that if people are upset about video games, that means they're. It's like they're acting as if there's a uh, rape going on in their living room, or like there's the KKK in their front lawn, or Overwatch has cosmetic hats,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it's like the the amount of just sheer emotion that's gushing out of these anti loot box articles. It like it irks me in a way where. No wonder people are upset all the time. They're equally upset about the worst thing in the world and the most inconsequential thing in the world. God, yeah. And they, they can't turn it off. I mean, the internet is basically just concentrated upset
1: at this point. Yeah. Like, logging into Facebook, it's like like playing Russian roulette, but only one of the chambers doesn't have a bullet in it. Because it's like, <laughs> five out of six posts are just going to be something I don't really want to read. They're just going to make me sad.
0: It's like here's a Trump, here's a Korea, here's a thing, here's a thing, and here's puppies. Yeah,
2: puppies.
0: And I feel like like socially, I should be like socially
1: obligated. I don't want to just like turn away from this. Like, okay, there are problems with the world. I should be up to date and know about them because that's being responsible. But I'm also just so fucking tired of it because it's nonstop.
0: Oh, somebody was mad because uh, Trump's wife. Sent a school some Dr. Seuss books.
1: Yeah, and she, it was something like, "Oh, Dr. Seuss is so old hat" or something like that, or like it's been done to well, death.
0: Well, no, the uh, you know there are a lot of levels to this. Okay, I'm going to focus on the thing that was retweeted to me, which was somebody was upset on Twitter because somebody else on Twitter said that Dr. Seuss is racist. Oh, uh, he was for a bit. He came around. He well no he wasn't racist. He he had some really he, fucking kind of twisted political cartoons in his day that he was commissioned to draw. Oh he was. To put to put bread on the table, yeah, by the government. Oh. Or oh, jeez. Which it, it, given the context at the time, someone said, "Hey, will you draw this right now?" and he's like, "Yeah, sure." Um, once he, once he was making enough money to dictate what he draws, I mean, if you look at the stuff that he wasn't commissioned to do, it was very liberal and very anti-war. Oh. Um, but what's weird is that people are applying this 2017 mentality that the ethical thing would have been to say no to the money. Bitches gotta eat, man. Well, just not even weighing on that side. Somebody said, I didn't know Dr. Seuss is racist. So I said, well, there are some offensive political cartoons that he did. And somebody else said, that doesn't make him racist. And then somebody else said, that does make him racist. And then I said, well, to be fair, they were commissioned by the government. That wasn't his idea. Should he have done them? I don't know. And then a bunch of people started piling on me for defending Hitler. (laughs) And it's like, you know what? Dr. Seuss is dead. I don't care if he was racist or not. Right? Like, is is Green Eggs and Ham racist because that pen once drew something else once? Twitter was a mistake. Also, no. Everything's... The internet was a mistake. Yeah. I, I, I'm waiting for the EMP to go off because it's like, oh, no, my Pokemon. Now I have to go out and have a life. I, I get the exact opposite every time I mention
1: Lovecraft, who was a racist. And it's just like, oh, man, this Lovecraft story is great. It's like, <laughs> you know, he didn't like black people. It's like, yeah, I do. He was a bad person. He wrote good stories. But read the story. <laughs> he, was, he died it, a long time ago. He's been just a corpse for a very long
0: time. But it's also, who cares? I, I mean, like, sincerely, let's pretend that somebody is racist. But they draw a picture, and it's anonymous. Like, they don't sign it. And it's like, dude, look at this picture of the Mona Lisa, but with a hat. Isn't this the best picture ever? And everybody loves the picture, and it's on t-shirts, and everybody loves the picture, and then at some point... Uh, Hitler comes out and says, "I drew that." Do people not appreciate the art anymore? Well, I mean, that's called like the milkshake duck, right? We're like, "Oh, look at that milkshake
1: duck!" And then it's like five seconds later, "Oh, the duck's a racist." And it's like that was like this big popular thing on on Neogaf was like, "You know, who is your milkshake duck?" And for a lot of people, it's like Jontron made all these funny videos, and then he said a bunch of really weird political rhetoric. People didn't like most of it was kind of offensive. um and all of a sudden I was like, well we can't like Jontron anymore. I never wanna watch any of his videos. I'm gonna cancel my money to him or whatever if he's got a Patreon and I'm gonna to... he's a bad person now. And it's like I don't know, I can still go back and watch like a Star Wars special and it's pretty fucking funny. Like it hasn't stopped being funny because he said some offensive shit.
2: But
0: it's also and and maybe maybe the racism topic's difficult. But I feel like there's a point where um when somebody disagrees with somebody else we have this extreme bipolar reaction that It's like, "Wait, you're on the other side of me. Why do you why are you assaulting me? Why yeah. are your opinions different than my opinions? And I mean, racism, I feel like there's a right and a wrong, mm-hmm. but there's stuff where where somebody's like, "I voted for Trump and well I voted for Hillary, instead of saying, oh, okay, it's like a, I'm gonna torture your lawn." Yeah. And I, I don't know where these extreme reactions are coming from where people order- aren't allowed to have opinions if these people like go out into
1: society at all, like I, I'm pretty liberal. I work at a, in a screen printing factory where a lot of blue collar workers that definitely voted for Trump and you know, to get the work done during the day, we have to be agreeable. And it's just like, Hey, I can get along with these people because I'm a fucking adult and we don't share political views, but we share other views because people are multidimensional.
0: Well, there's, there's a, being an adult but there's also another factor in that i think some people don't realize what they're putting out when they say things online especially in text probably yeah where it's very easy to to read into something like if when you're in person you can say um i don't think dr seuss is racist i love those books and i don't know like didn't most of those books teach against racism and somebody else can say yeah i guess But if they were to have the same conversation on Twitter, they're going to end up unfollowing each other. Yeah. And it's just sort of, I think the tone doesn't carry across, and you can make the most innocuous tweet ever, but someone will take offense to it. Yep. I mean, I have my uh, Warcraft comic, and I know I've made jokes about it, but every time I upload a new comic, I lose at least one follower. And it's very weird, because somebody followed me. And then they see an update in their feed, and like, I don't want to see that! And they remove me from the feed. And I'm wondering, yeah, and like, what did they see in one comic that they didn't like in this one? And I find myself over-obsessing about it. Sure. Because like the last one you put out was really cute and like not
1: offensive at all. It's just like, oh man, your character's enjoying a beer yet, and even though Brewfest has passed. That's cool. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, good for her. Thumbs up. Like, how? I don't know. It's stupid. People are stupid.
0: And then I gained five. Oh, because people retweet it, you know? Mm hmm. And so it's like I'm I'm literally making game. But the day I upload, I'm going to lose one or two. And then by the end of the week, I'm going to gain one or two back. And I don't know what's causing it. And it's very interesting. Yeah. Boy, we talked for an hour. Do you want to wrap up?
1: We can wrap up. It's kind of funny. Like we had like a specific topic and I we we went we went places in this one. I think
0: <laughs> we really did. But that's when we're at our best. I hope this was a good episode. I, I didn't say anything that will, people
1: will find objectionable. Objectionable? I don't know. That people cares. won't hate
0: me for. Yeah. So anything else you want to say about dark comedy? I, I, I gotta stop doing it at work because people give me looks like I might have <laughs> problems. I have a great work story. I don't know why, but on my whiteboard in my office, I have this blank space that I'm just not using. So I tend to, like, draw things in there as just placeholders so that it doesn't look blank. And, like, I drew okay. the, the Cuphead tutorial level with a bunch of, like, arrows and question marks and, like, math symbols. Like, I was trying to, like, engineer a solution. And that made me laugh. I like that. But uh, <laughs> this is a couple months ago. I drew uh, step-by-step instructions on how to tie a noose and everyone that walked into my office would walk in and they'd look and they'd go is that a news? and I'd go well it's a knot." and they'd go okay <laughs> and that worked for like eight people and then uh, this one person that used to be my boss came in and she pointed at it and they said you know you can't have that there right? and I said well no one's complained yet and then she kind of rolled her eyes and left and so it's like, mm, okay, mm,
1: I'll take it mm, down. I had one a couple of weeks ago. Someone had turned, like, 50. And someone walked by. I was like, oh, you're 50. Congratulations. You're, uh, you're over the hill now, huh? She's like, yeah, I guess. And I was like, hey, lucky you. You get to die a lot sooner than us. <laughs> you don't have to put up with this fucking planet anymore. Uh-huh. I said it a little more eloquently than that. Like, I was like, I wish I was you. I have, like, 50 years left to live instead of 30. You know, something like that. And then I just, like, walked to get coffee and then walked away. And then, they're like, these people are looking at me like, um, should I be offended? Did he call me old or does he just want to commit suicide? I don't it's know. a little of both. <laughs>
2: I love that. I was uh, like, yeah,
0: I, I, pro- I
1: probably shouldn't make those jokes anymore.
0: Have you seen that stock photo of, like, there's a there's a kid crying at a birthday party and there's a clown behind him? No, but it sounds great. And then the caption is, uh, when the clown comes to your birthday party, but then he realizes he's just a regular clown and a monster that'll kill you and you have to keep living.
2: Mm, nice.
0: It, it, just, it makes God, me laugh lo- every time I the, see it.
1: That was one of the things we, we maybe we're gonna talk about, is, like, all the really fucked up kind of meme pictures that show up about suicide and, and life is horrible there's just a, there's a lot. deluge of them yeah.
0: oh man, so how about Glad space? it's hard to get away what's something that Glad we're space. positive about? Ugh. um you got shit, anything to I had one I, can't, I had one, I don't remember what it was you got any iPhone apps? <laughs> no <laughs> fuck, um I got one.
1: Why is this so hard? I want to recommend yes, okay, everybody
0: go. watches Trolls.
1: Isn't that like a shitty horror movie? Or is it like the kids movie with the dolls? What, what is this? No, the kids
0: movie based on the dolls. Okay. It's, uh, the trailer does not show any of this. It's actually a pretty smart movie. Huh. Like, the cutesy stuff is so overly cutesy that you relate to the character that hates everything. Oh, nice. But also, like, he's very grumpy, and there's a cheerful person that's very cheerful, and as you discover, there's a reason why he's grumpy, and it's not just a goofy character trait. And there's a really good musical number where they do um, Hello Darkness, My Old Friend. Oh, nice. um, Or The Sound of Silence, one of those. Yeah. But it's just very, um, it's it's a deceptively entertaining cartoon. So if it's still on Netflix, I recommend you watch that.
1: Cool. Um, Yeah, I'll recommend something. The uh, Underwinter Trade came out today. I picked it up at my comic book store. Nice. Uh, it's a book I really, uh, really, really liked. Uh, I love crafty and horror, so it kind of ties back into that. Um, so yeah, if you want some really cool of crafty and horror with like watercolor paints and stuff as the art style, you should grab that. Also, my... Uh, I reviewed the book, and I got a, I got a cover quote on there. The We the Nerdy quote
0: is something I wrote. Nice. So that's cool. So everyone go out there and tell your comic book uh, supplier, uh, this quote here, that's why I'm buying it, and see if that does mm-hmm. anything. It's only $10. bucks. 5 issues, $10. bucks. i am going to buy it. Image trades are only 10
1: bucks usually. It's pretty great.
0: My comic store is blue. Blue? So there's balls. Blow. Oh.
1: Blow. I tried to make a blue joke. Go back to that. So Yay!
0: We did it. And that's a wrap.
1: We did it. But the <laughs> ending joke wasn't as fun as the, as the beginning joke. That was a great joke.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Alright, goodbye everyone.